there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. I'd like to speak to you this morning about levels of being. I think that this is important and it's important for us to understand it because changing your being is what this is all about. We hear lots and lots about levels of being. We hear lots about being and what that is and what that might mean and how you might change your being and your being attracts your life and if you want your life to be different then you need to change your being but how do you do that when you don't even know what your being is many have found the idea of being difficult to understand it's because there's not one level of being but many levels of being it's like trying to understand what a car is by only knowing one kind of car then you see another kind of car and you say what's that and a person says what's well, a car well that's not a car this is a car but you see no there's this generic car it's three or four wheeled vehicle and it has some form of locomotion you know and and someone can ride in or on it and basically this is what we call an automobile it's a car that's what we call a car and there's a generic idea of a car just like there's a generic idea of a tree and it covers all trees each level has a corresponding level of understanding. So each level of being also has a corresponding level of understanding that goes with that. We can't understand much above our own level of being, but we can understand things beneath our level of being if we truly understand the levels of being beneath our level of being. If we have just we just find ourselves at this level of being and we look and see someone else at a different level of being and we have never acknowledged our ownership of that, that we have been like that, then we don't understand it because it's still hidden to us. It's still in the dark. It's still not something that we can access because we have stuffed it away into the unconscious or the dark side of ourselves because there was something in there that we didn't want to deal with. In the work, this is illustrated in the ray of creation. Now, the ray of creation is really just a diagram, like a ladder, with different rungs on it. I'm going to make it easy because I don't think that people need a lot of illustrations and diagrams. I don't think it's necessary right now for us. I think you can find it in any of the books. I think it's easy enough to get into that intellectually and lose yourself in that and lose the work in that. You can do that if that's what you want to do. My idea of this work is to keep it alive, to keep it active, to keep it modern, to keep it present, to keep it real. That's my idea of this. I know that other people have the idea of keeping it consistent. I don't really care about that so much. I am interested in making it practical to your specific personal life. This is why the work can never be big for me. It can never have a lot of people because I'm going to deal with people, small groups of people, and I'm going to deal with them intimately, one-on-one, -on -one, as far as possible. And it's because I think the, the work needs to be specific to you. It needs to be specifically tailored to you. Now, that's your job to specifically tailor it to yourself. But in the beginning, it's not that easy. So a little bit of help may be appreciated. So I'm willing to give that help if you're willing to receive it.
So here we have this diagram. Each rung represents an area governed by certain laws. So each rung is under a certain number of laws. Ascension, or going up the ladder, means going under fewer laws. So ascending the ladder, obviously, is going to require effort of a specific kind. If you were climbing a ladder, you would have to make effort of a specific kind. You couldn't make effort by singing. In other words, you couldn't sing yourself up the ladder. You couldn't scratch your head and get up the ladder. You would have to reach up and take one of the rungs of the ladder in one hand, and you would have to bring your foot up to one of the rungs, a higher rung on the ladder than your foot was on, and then you would have to pull and push together to ascend. And so that's going to take a very specific kind of effort. If you wanted to learn to fly an airplane, it would take effort of a specific nature, knowledge of a certain kind, and understanding that would support both the effort and the knowledge. You would go to flight school. You wouldn't go to sailing school. You wouldn't go to driving school. You would go to flight school because there are certain requirements for flying an airplane and different requirements, although not entirely different, for sailing a sailboat. You'll find that many pilots also have sailboats. They just go together. And the reason being, for those of you who haven't had a plane or a sailboat, the reason being that a sail, the way that a sail works, is the exact same way that an airplane wing works. It's the exact same thing. People think that the wind blows you along in a sailboat. The truth is, is that the wind sucks you along in the sailboat the same way that an airplane wing lifts the airplane because of the vacuum that's created at the top of the airfoil and then it pulls the plane upward into that. And as that keeps going, the plane keeps going up. Same thing with a sailboat. As that curve in the sail, I used to make racing sails for sailboats, it looks just like an airplane wing when it's filled with air. And so and it's made, designed especially for that, so that when that fills, it fills with air on this side, and it puffs that out. And people think that that's what's pushing it along, but it's not. It's actually the curve and the wind passing over that on the other side, like an airplane wing, that pulls the sailboat along. We don't know a lot. We don't understand a lot about how things work. So the reason I share these things with you is because I think that if you can understand how you work, then you're going to be able to work you better. You can understand how this work works, then you're going, to, you're going to be able to work it better. This is all I'm interested in, is practical application of this work. I'm not interested in promoting the ideas. I'm interested in people using the ideas. This may be a different approach than you've heard before. I don't think it's a good idea to keep this a secret. I think it's a good idea for people to know this and apply it. I think keeping it a secret in your intellectual center is absurd. My personal opinion, if I'm wrong, I'm willing to be wrong. It's okay with me. But right now, this is the way I see things, and this is what's working for me and the people with whom I'm working. If you wish to develop beyond what life requires of you, there are schools for such endeavors. I'm not calling this a school. But it is, because there are people here who are students, and there are people here who are teachers, and they're sharing information, and they're sharing experiences, and people are growing and unfolding and developing and learning, and things are changing. People are changing their level of being here. From my perspective, that's a school. Now, the state may not put their stamp on it and say, okay, it's a school, but it doesn't matter what they say. What matters is, is the activity that goes on here the kind of activity that goes on in a school? Is this the kind of activity you expect in a school? Someone said to me the other day, well, your methods are unconventional. Yes, my methods are unconventional. I don't know a saint, a mystic, a teacher, a prophet in all of history who didn't have unconventional methods. It's why we kill them, because their methods are unconventional. It's also why their methods work, because conventional methods don't work. If conventional methods did work, we wouldn't need these unconventional methods. If exotericism did work, 
esotericism wouldn't be necessary. The fact that exotericism doesn't work is what makes esotericism necessary. The fact that conventional methods don't work is what makes unconventional methods necessary. What makes them unconventional is that they work. You must find one, a school, and gain entrance to it. That will not be easy, as there will be requirements you must first meet, prerequisite courses, as it were, that you will first have to do. So if you want to go to school and take trigonometry, you have to take, what, geometry first? You have to take some maths first. There's something you have to take before you can take that, because they need to know that you're prepared for that. Well, it's the same thing with this. You can't get in the door here unless you have made certain strides in yourself, unless you have come to the place of a good householder or very near being a good householder. You would have no interest in this. And any interest that you would have would only be intellectual entertainment and it's useless. Any interest you would have would only fall on your false personality and grow it and strengthen it. There's enough of that as it is in this. We don't need more of that. A certain level of being will certainly be necessary to enter any school. Just like a certain athletic ability is going to be necessary to enter any Olympic team or to join football or soccer team or any kind of team at all. You have to have some kind of ability. If you're in a wheelchair, they may make a special team just for people playing soccer in a wheelchair. That's fine. Then the requirement is that you be in a wheelchair, you see? So that's all we're talking about. We're not talking about any big secret handshake. We're not talking about any hocus pocus, anything like that. We're talking about simple requirements that are made in life. That's all there is to it. If you want to learn how to fly, you need wings. That's how that works. Birds don't have to learn how to fly. Well, they do, actually. But it comes more natural to them than it does to us. We have to have contraptions, as it is. If we want to learn to fly in another way, in an internal way, that is possible to learn how to do that. And you don't need anything from the outside world to do that. But that's neither here nor there. It's not germane to the issue that we're talking about this morning. So the work calls this certain level of being that's necessary, calls it good householder. There are always requirements that must be met to avoid waste. The magnetic center must be present. You must have the aptitude, the desire, and the proper valuation of the work in order to do it. Let me give you an example. This European trip that I'm going on has exemplified this to me. There is a woman 100 miles north of where I'll be staying in Holland that can't meet with me, that can't make the meeting. The reason she can't make the meeting is because in Europe's most perfect country for public transportation, she happens to be in the only spot in all of that country where there is no public transportation. Now, there is no such thing, but this is what the mind says when it doesn't want to face the truth of something. What is the truth? Well, the truth is, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to do this, but I also don't want to offend anyone, so I'm going to say this instead. You know this one. You're really saving the other person's feelings. You don't want to tell them you don't really want to meet them because that would hurt their feelings. Where the truth is, it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. I'd be glad to hear somebody didn't want to meet. They're off the table. I don't have to bother with them. That's just like somebody in here saying, I don't want to work. Fine. There's the door. Bye. That's not my problem. I only want to work with people who do want to work. This is self-development. If you want to develop, then you need to do this. You need to develop yourself. If you're not willing to make the effort, it's better to know that right up front rather than waste my energies and my time and waste your own and waste the energy and the time of the group. So for me, that's a welcome thing. Someone telling me the truth is welcome. Like, great, I don't want to meet you. I don't want anything to do with you. I think you're crazy. Fine, thank you very much. Okay, but this other business of, oh, well, this and that, and blah, 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 by some miracle you could come here, and yada, yada. So I wrote, and I said to this person, fine, I'll be happy to come there. No problem at all. It's only 100 miles. That's nothing for somebody who lives in California. There are people who commute to school. They commute to, to work and back in a day. 
They drive 100 miles to work and they drive 100 miles back. How many miles do you have you driven in a day, Steve, to go to work? 300. 300 miles. So there you go. This happens in mean, you too, Rex. Yeah. This happens all the time. So for us, this is nothing. Now, maybe for people living in a country where the public transportation is the best of all in Europe, they have to walk 30 feet to get to public transportation. Maybe that's a big deal to them, 100 miles. But here, where there isn't any real public transportation, where everything is personal car or airplane or boat, there isn't anything like that here. We don't have that. It's not the way Americans are, at least not Americans here on the West Coast. We're addicted to our cars. We're addicted to oil. It's why we consume more of it than any other per capita than any other country in the world. It's because we're addicted to it. It's why we're over there in the Middle East killing people because we're addicted to oil and we want to make sure that we protect our pusher. We want to make sure that our pusher doesn't go to jail. We want to make sure that our pusher doesn't run low on the source of the drug that we need. Excuse me for being blunt about this. Excuse me for telling the truth about this. But anybody with half a brain can see this. And if you don't see this, it's because you don't want to see this. And we're all guilty of it. All of us who are addicted to this black substance, it's like, what do they call that, that heroin, you know, something brown, you know, they, and again, they have these names for heroin. And it's like, for us, this is just this black substance that we shoot into our industrial veins. And so we are addicted to it. That's all there is to it. And we're unwilling to break the addiction because there are too many people making too much money. There are too many pushers, there are too many salesmen making too much money on this to give it up. And that's it. That's all there is to it. And it would take some effort on our part. And we're not really big on making effort. Not if we don't have to. When we have to, we will. Until then, we're just going to consume. That's what we do. Because we're asleep. And it's not just Americans who are asleep. This is happening all over the world. And people just lie about it. So another guy in the same country can't find the time in the three months that I'll be there to visit. He's close, but he just can't even find an hour in three months. Okay, great. Another one bites the dust, in my opinion. Fine, clear that one off the table. It unclutters the table, and it gives me the opportunity to focus on people who really do wish to make an effort, people who really do want to work, people who really are interested in changing their level of being. But there's only a few of them. Fine. I would travel halfway around the world for one. Why? Because I believe in this. Because someone did it for me. And because in order for me to progress, I must put someone on the rung that I stand on now. That's why. Because this is what this is about. This is about sharing this. This is about people's lives changing because they have changed their level of being, because they have allowed the work inside of them, and because they have made the proper effort, and they have gathered the right knowledge, and they have done what needs to be done so that their being will be changed, and then their lives will change. That's why. They're under too many laws to be able to move easily. It's not their fault. You see, I don't look at these people like, oh, well, you're such a liar, or you're such this, or you're such that. I look at it as they are under so many laws. On their level of being, they're under so many laws that they can't move. They, like, have 25 overcoats on. And it's very cumbersome for them to move, to do anything. It's very difficult to move when you're under a lot of laws. The more laws you're under, the more restricted your movement is. The more restricted your thoughts are. The more restricted your feelings are. Everything. It's like swimming in concrete that hasn't quite set up yet. It's the difference between walking through water and walking on dry ground. You know, when you go to the beach and you're up to your waist in water, you cannot move as quickly as you can on dry ground. You know that when you're completely under the water and you're swimming, you cannot move as quickly as you can when you're only up to your waist in the water. It's a matter of 
The influences on you. Laws are influences on you. They hinder your movement. They hinder your thought. They hinder everything about you. This is why the work says you must get yourself under fewer laws by raising your level of being to where there are fewer laws. You can't expect to stay at the level of being you are at and cast off the laws. That's not possible here. The gravity on the moon is less than the gravity on Earth. So people can run faster, jump higher on the moon than they can on Earth. They have to go to the moon to have that because that's part of the moon. That's part of the laws of the moon. But part of the laws here on Earth is our specific gravity is very specific to our Earth. So that's the way that is. And that's how you have to look at it. Now, of course, these people don't know that they're under all of these laws because we all imagine that we work on our level of being, yet nothing ever changes. We still make the same mistakes over and over again. We still do the same things over and over again. We still have the same thoughts over and over again. We still have the same feelings over and over again. We still have the same relationships over and over again. Nothing changes, but yet we imagine we're working on our level of being. Well, if you are working on your level of being, then things are changing. And if things are changing, you're not the happiest camper around. Because we're not that happy when things start changing. We start to say, wait a second, wait a second, this is stressful. I don't know if I like this. Well, too bad. It goes with the territory. Get used to it. Or stop changing your level of being. Here's the rub. If we don't work on our level of being, we descend the ladder automatically. Here's a story. You've heard it before, but not everyone in podcast land has. So bear with me because this is for them as well as for you. It's still a good example. Mr. Wrigley, the guy who invented Wrigley's gum and made it this big company. He was on a train one time with his male secretary assistant, young man. And the young man opened up a newspaper and there was a full page ad said, Chew Wrigley's gum. And the, the young man who was also took care of finances and things said, Mr. Wrigley, you've already got almost everybody in America chewing Wrigley's gum. Why are you wasting your money on a full page ad? This money could have been spent on something else. It could have been put into this. It could have been put into that. And as they're moving along the train, the, Mr. Wrigley just sat back and he said, well, son, how fast do you figure this train's going? He said, well, it's got to be going 50, 60 miles an hour. He said, that's a pretty good clip, isn't it? The kid said, yeah, it is. It's really going fast. And he said, well, why don't we just disconnect from the engine, from the locomotive up there? And the kid said, well, because then we wouldn't be able to go. And he said, and that's all that this full page ad is, son. It's the locomotive that keeps people chewing gum. The whole thing is, if you stop, you will start to descend. You will not stay where you are. Yes, it's true that any conscious act is saved for you. But if you stop working on consciousness, you will go unconscious again. It will be saved for you. But you have to reach that state to get it. And that means you'll have to work again to get it. So it's not going to work that way. You know, when we used to ride bicycles together, we would say to each other, you know, it's easier to keep up than it is to catch up. And people found that out the hard way. It's easier to keep up than it is to catch up. It takes a lot more effort to catch up than it does to keep up. So keep working. That's really the message here. Keep working. All right, we've, we've gotten through the gum. We've gotten through Europe. In our ray of creation, the laws are like this. The absolute, which is under one law, the law of itself. And this is unknown to us. We don't know anything about this. This is incomprehensible. This is the Tao that cannot be spoken. This is the truth. This is the name of God that cannot be pronounced. This is the unknowable. This cannot be known by us. Then the next rung on the ray is three laws. Okay, And the, the work says that's all galaxies as one whole. So it takes all galaxies as one whole. In the same way you would take all trees as one tree. The idea of a tree. 
Then we come down to the next rung of the ladder, which is under six laws, and we call that our Milky Way. Now, our Milky Way is part of all galaxies taken as a whole, but it is a specific thing and is under more laws. Then we come down another rung and we find 12 laws, our sun, as one star in our galaxy. We know that in the galaxies as a whole, there are billions of stars. We know that in our Milky Way, there are billions of stars. But now we come down to the rung where there's 12 laws, and we know that there's our sun as one star in our galaxy. It's specific, specificity. Then we come down to the next rung of the ladder, which is under 24 laws. And we call that in the work, all planets taken as one. So it's like all cars taken as one car. Even though they're different, we take all the planets as one planet. So it's the idea of all planets as a planet. So it's the idea of a planet. Then we come down another step to the next rung of the ladder, which is under 48 orders of laws. You'll notice that each rung of the ladder adds the same number of laws to it. So it doubles. So now we're at Earth, 48 orders of laws. Then you go down one more rung to the bottom rung on the ladder, and that is under 96 orders of laws, and we call that our moon. Don't take any of this too literally. It's just an example so that you can see it from a lot of different perspectives because it's important to do that. Do not think that your body is going up and down this ladder. It is not about your body. This is all internal. It has nothing to do with your body. Your body is part of all this, but it's not what's going up and down the ladder. You're going up and down the ladder internally, level of being. Now, the way this works is people who enjoy negative emotions, people who transform nothing in themselves by making effort, right effort with these ideas, people who take everything mechanically, people who allow their minds to run riot with them and they don't bother resisting going with the little eyes, people who do that drift down from 48 orders of laws to 96 orders of laws. You'll see lots of people like that. You will also recognize that you have been like that. Then you're totally insane. In other words, you're completely negative and you're carried away by your negativity in a rage or in a murderous rage or in a sulk or in a pout or whatever it is that just colors everything in your world and you find yourself waterlogged, unable to move, unable to think, depressed or whatever. You know that? That's because you're under 96 orders of laws. That's what that is. You're feeling the weight of all of those laws crushing you, holding you down, pushing you down further. That's what that is. If we work not taking events mechanically, trying to transform the evil ways of taking life by taking events more consciously. So someone comes to you and you say, well, you said this and that sounded like this and, and I think you mean that. And they say, no, not at all. That's not what I said. That's not what I mean. What I mean is this. If you take that, instead of taking it mechanically and say, well, you're just a liar. You always lie. I can never trust you. You take it as, you know, this is an opportunity for me to look at this in a different way. This is an opportunity for me to climb out of this hole a little bit. This is an opportunity for me to get up the rung of the ladder a little bit. I'm taking it. I'm going with this. I'm going to believe this person because it's giving me the opportunity to have a different perspective that can get me out of this. If you do that, if you don't take everything in life evilly the way we always do mechanically. If you do that, you actually begin to become more conscious and then we ascend the level with fewer laws. When I use the term evil, what the work means by evil is mechanical. Mechanical is evil. So people say, oh no, that person and what they did is evil. No, mechanical is evil. 
If you do it unconsciously in this work, that is called evil because the goal is consciousness. The goal is not correct behavior that conforms to what everyone in the world says you should do. That's not the goal. This is not etiquette school. We're not interested in that. This is not a training center for how to make sure nobody gets offended. You're already a good householder. You already know not to steal. You already know not to kill people. You already know to be generous. You already know all of these things. You don't need to be taught that. There's other schools for that. This school is for people who wish to develop and raise their level of being. That's what this is for. To understand good, you need to study esoteric ideas of transforming events by work on yourself. Either work or be life's puppet, asleep and driven by life's ceaseless wheel of events, turning, 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 perpetually, never stopping. And you are tied to that wheel and driven by every event in life, made to do what you do not wish to do forced to do what you find unpleasant. That is where we find ourselves when we begin to awaken. As you learn through self-observation and self-remembering what you've observed, you need to remember what you've observed. It's not good enough to look in the mirror and turn away and forget what you saw and not know yourself the next time you look. And that's what we're like. We look in the mirror, we go away, and the next time we get to a mirror, we look in, we don't even know the person again. We have to start all over again. That's having no work memory. You've got to remember what you saw. You've got to make an impression of it. You've got to really get it in there. You've got to believe it. You've got to see it. You've got to examine it. You've got to impress yourself with it. This is very important. If you don't do that, you're going to constantly be going back over the same ground again and again and again. You already know this because you already do this. As you learn and you remember what you've observed, you learn through self-observation, remember what you've observed, not to identify so much, you open the possibility to raise your level of being. When you begin not to identify so much with everything that goes on inside of you, you have a possibility of raising your level of being. Something could change. You could get higher on the ladder. You could climb a rung. It is possible. But you must verify that work on your attitudes, criticism of others, blame shifting, negative emotions, remembering yourself, and trying in specifically in trying circumstances. Anybody can sit around in a room like this and remember themselves. That takes no effort whatsoever. Morons can do that. The proof is we sit around and do it. Okay, Gurdjieff wouldn't have said morons. He would have said idiots. So let me just say idiots could do that. And we prove that because we sit around and we're idiots. We sit around and we remember ourselves in this situation. We have great flashes of brilliance here. Oh, how smart we are when we're here. And oh, how we know this and how we know that. But get out there and have somebody cut you off on the freeway. And all of a sudden, all the things you thought you knew, you don't know anymore. It's all blown out the window. It's just like putting the top down in your car and driving 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour, and you had papers on the floor and they start blowing out. It's like that's what happens. So you need to verify all of this by working on your attitudes, by working on all these things. Then it becomes real. What must change is the most difficult thing to change. The thing that has to change is the hardest thing in the world for you to change. There is nothing more difficult than changing what it is that must change in you. It's not like changing your socks. It's not like changing your shirt. It's not like changing the sheets on your bed. This is hard. And anyone who tries it, that's the first thing they say. This is hard. Yes, this is hard. And you're going to need all the help you can get. And if you think you can do this on your own, you have your own classification of idiot. 
Gurdjieff had 28 kinds of idiots. I don't know where you fit in there, but if you think you can do this on your own, that's got to be a special classification of idiot because it's not possible to do it alone. It's not possible. And it's not possible, firstly, because we are connected. All of us are connected, whether you like it or not. Whether you like the fact that you're breathing recycled air that came out of someone else's lungs. Tough luck, bud. You're breathing recycled air that came out of a tree or a plant. Tough luck, pal. That's the reality of life. You are sharing the light of the same sun that everyone else on this planet shares. You are connected by the atmosphere. You are connected by the food chain. You are connected by the water chain. You are connected by the everything. You are connected whether you like it or not. You're connected physically. And you're also connected psychologically. And you're also connected spiritually. Get used to it. Deal with it. Live with it. Learn to accept it. Because it is the reality of your being. You're not an island unto yourself. You are connected. And you are influenced. And you influence others. This thing that you call yourself has to be observed and known more objectively or no change is possible. And this is the hardest thing in the world to do. This is extremely painful. But you get a kilo of change for a milligram of effort. Now, it may not seem that way to you, but it is proportional. You get so much more than the effort that you put forth. If you didn't, it would be absolutely impossible. And the reason you get so much more when you put forth your little bit of effort is because of the conscious circle of humanity working for you. Why would anyone work for you? A selfish, ignorant, sleeping nitwit who is violent and negative almost every moment of your life. Well, because the conscious circle of humanity has escaped that. And when you're conscious, you see our condition and you know the only way out and you know that we're connected and everybody has to be brought along in one way or another. And so you make the effort. Your little bit of effort is being leveraged by higher powers. There is something in you that comes to your aid. You have a connection with something higher and it's internal and that comes to your aid. If you will make the effort, it will come to you. It's like the story of the prodigal son. He finally, after wasting his life, he finally came to himself and said, I'll go home and be my father's. I'll be a servant in my father's house. And while he was yet a long way off, his father rushed down the road to meet him. This is what happens with us. This esoteric story is telling you what the conscious circle of humanity will do for you, what these higher powers will do for you, what these higher beings will do for you if you will make the slightest effort. Look at the effort that I put forth for you. Look at the things that I've done for you. Look, this has been over 25 years here. I stay. I have stayed with you no matter what. You have been a jerk. You've been worse than a jerk plenty of times. I've never cast you out. I've stayed because I know my job and I know what we're supposed to be doing here. The gate to raising your level of being is sincerity with yourself. This is where the journey begins, not in gaining more knowledge. Gaining more knowledge will become an anchor, a millstone around your neck. You need to be sincere with yourself. Losing face, feeling humiliated in front of others are manifestations of imagination and pride. They must be given up. Imagination and pride must be given up. You cannot follow this path and keep imagination and pride and vanity. They must be given up. People afraid of being laughed at in a group. People afraid of being humiliated in a group. People afraid of someone knowing their secrets in a group. All that is is imagination and pride. It must be given up. You don't have to give it up all at once, but eventually you have to give it up. The more you give it up, the higher you will raise your level of being. The more you hold on to it, the lower you will go, the lower you will descend that ladder. That's how it works. We look at imagination and pride, and I can tell you this, they are not the friends of ascending the ladder of being. They will pull you down. They are not your friends. We look at imagination and pride as our friends that protect 
us. They will not help you up the ladder. They will pull you down. So they are not your friends. Maurice Nicole said, It is only these forces coming down to us from beings at higher levels in the ray that can transform us. No person could transform himself, change his being, unless there were forces that could affect this change. There are forces that can affect this change, and all you have to do is come under their influence, and it takes very little effort to start that. But it's a very specific effort, and it starts with internal sincerity with yourself. As we are, we rarely think inwardly about the meaning of this work. We wait to hear the next talk. We wait for the next meeting. Well, what's he going to say next? Well, how is he going to give me some energy and some force next? Or as Joshua said to me the other day when we were talking on Facebook and he heard I was going to Europe for three months, he goes, oh my God, what are those people going to do without their daily fix? See, Joshua got away, so he knows what it's like. He knows that people here do that. They wait for the next talk. They wait for the next time we'll get together. Then they'll work. Then they'll feel better. Then they'll deal with that. Then they'll ask that question. Then they'll think about that. But right now, they have the pressing concerns of life to deal with. They have their desires. They have their sexual desires. They have their food they need to get. They got to do this. They got to do that. They got to get money. They got to pay this bill. They got all these other things to deal with. We'll talk about the work later. There's a time and a place for that. And he'll do it. And we'll listen. And then we'll really get it. And then we'll be better. This isn't work on ourselves, people. We hear what Dr. Nicole says, and we imagine someone, something will do it for us. We imagine, oh, yes, that's right. Dr. Nicole said no person can transform himself, change his being, unless there were forces that could affect this change. Beings from a higher level in the ray of creation, they can transform us. They'll do it for us. There's a master who will do it for me. There's a teacher who will do it for me. Jesus will do it for me. Somebody else will do it for me. And what they do is they end up slowly descending the ladder, slowly drifting back, being pulled down. By what? By their own negative emotions, not by anything else outside of them. It's cooperative. We must trigger their response ourselves. It's like a baby bird that sticks its beak in its mother's mouth and it triggers a response and she regurgitates food into its mouth. Yeah, that's how it works. And so this is the same thing. We're like baby birds and we have to make our small effort and it triggers a response in the conscious circle of humanity. It triggers a response from something higher because this universe is a universe that is built on law and order. Order is heaven's first law. This universe follows laws and order. What we say is chaos is our misunderstanding of law and order. We simply do not understand. But that's okay. We can raise our level of being and we can generate the force of understanding within ourselves by applying these principles that we're being taught. So this cooperative effort means that we have to do this regularly. You can't do this in fits and jerks. This doesn't mean listening to talks, reading books, and doing exercises. It means internal work of sincere self-observation, active non-identification, and pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps in difficult situations, not while we're sitting around here where everything is peachy keen. Oh, well, we do have that person coughing over there, and that's a little annoying. I'll work to just kind of overcome that. That person's always a jerk anyway. And, oh, well, I'll just deal with their unpleasant manifestations. That's not work. That's just being negative and calling it work. Ask yourself if you're shown how to do something, what to do, and you never do it. Is it any use? Then I have to ask you, what are you doing here? The key is thinking in a new way, thinking about yourself in a new way, or you can't work. That's it. You've got to start thinking in a new way, and you've got to start thinking about yourself in a new way. Ordinary life will never tell you that you're connected with cosmic laws through which you may travel upward without your body. Ordinary life will say that people who talk like that are nuts. I'm telling you, you can travel upward in your being without your body. Now, you may not think I'm nuts, but there's something inside of you that does. 
there's something inside of you that says, well, that's pretty out there, dude. I think he must have had some good drugs. That's what I think. I think maybe one of his acid trips must have really fried his brain because he obviously has lost it because that's just not possible. You can't travel upward without a spaceship, without an airplane. You can't think of yourself without a body. And this work is about building another body that will survive the destruction of this body, this physical body that you think is you. Well, that's too much for some people. Fine. Then they're not ready for this work. That's all. That's all that means. No big deal. They don't have to come here. They don't have to listen to this. Esoteric ideas support you thinking differently about life and about yourself. This can start the ball rolling upward. It's, it may seem like it goes against gravity, but if you have the force to roll the ball, it can roll upward. It is possible to hit a ball or to throw a ball up into the air. It is possible to get something outside of Earth's gravitational pull so that it can orbit the Earth. It is possible to get it into free space where with very little fuel it can continue to move. It is possible. We have proved that already. It's the same thing as possible internally for you. The gravitational pull of your body consciousness is very powerful now. And it will take a tremendous amount of effort to break free of that. But you can break free of it. Others have. And you will break free of it if you make the right effort and if you make enough of it. And when you do, you will find that you are under fewer laws. And when you are under fewer laws, you will find that you can do more. We must go from lower to higher. Wealth, reputation, physical or mental prowess don't necessarily affect levels of being. It also means that just because you're wealthy or just because you, you have mental intellectual prowess or ability doesn't mean you're hindered either. It may or may not hinder you. That is not a prerequisite. That is not important. The important thing is that you get your mind off of that and stop thinking that that is what's going to do it because that's not what's going to do it. Identifying with any aspect of life supplants real being. It just pushes it right out of the way. It displaces it the same way that a boat displaces water when it's placed in the water. The same way that you get into a pool that's full and water runs out because you displaced the water. When you begin to identify with life, any aspect of life, you displace water. You displace real being. You push it out of the pool. It's usually crystallization which makes, change which makes change impossible. When we get crystallized in certain states, change becomes impossible. You can't change without breaking up that crystallization. It's just like if you pull ice out of the ice box. So you have a bag of ice that you put in the freezer. But before you put it in, it started to melt. And then you put it in the freezer and it refreezes. You have to break all that up again. If it was all ice cubes or crushed ice, you've got to somehow break all that up again because it is crystallized. It is frozen together again. This is the same thing with us. If we keep working, we don't have to break up the crystallization that once was broken up. It's when we stop working that it starts to crystallize again. It's when we stop freezing the ice that it starts to melt and then it will crystallize again. You see? Even when ice melts, it starts to join together. It doesn't melt one cube here and one cube there and separate. It melts together. So it just clumps up like that. It crystallizes like that. That's what we do too when we stop working. So it's important to continue to work. It's important to work every day. It's important to work sincerely, even if it's only a little bit. This is one of the reasons I've asked you to meditate twice a day for at least an hour each time. Now, for some people, that's just crazy. Meditate for Two hours a day? You have 24 hours in a day. That's not even 10%. 10% is 2.4 hours. If you can't give 10% to your spiritual growth, you don't, deserve, you don't deserve to grow spiritually, do you? If you cannot dedicate 10% of your time and effort to something that is going to benefit you, then I have to ask you, what do you think you're going to get? <laughs> Look, guys, I don't mean to be hard on you. I do mean to try and wake you up a little. 
you know, pay attention here. This is important. When you see in a harsh face or you hear in someone's unyielding intonations a sense of power, when you see it evident there, you see someone stern, unyielding, you hear their intonation unyielding, they're not going to give in. When you see that, recognize that nothing is possible in an esoteric sense in that person and walk away. That's what I do. When I talk to somebody and tell them the truth and they tell me that's not the truth and they insist on their lie, I walk away. I don't argue with them. I walk away. They say, well, you're just being indifferent. Well, you don't care. Well, you don't love. No, I understand that this is self-development. And if that person is not in a place where they wish to develop, there is nothing that I or anyone in this universe can do to change them because this is self-development. Sooner or later, you're going to have to get this because if you don't, you're going to be one miserable person because you're going to go around trying to change people instead of trying to change yourself. The only person that you might be able to affect some change in, might be able to, if you work. Only the difficult stripping from ourselves, the acquired coverings, faces, uniforms, all these things that we wear will allow us to move up in the level of being. And it is difficult stripping those things away. If you remain a driven machine rather than putting forth continual effort to become a real man, you get nothing real, you get nothing lasting, you get nothing eternal. When you can't do this, you're not a man, but rather a machine, and a machine can't observe itself. You've got to get to the place where you're willing to observe yourself, because that will separate you from mechanical humanity, self-observation. Without self-observation first, non-identification and self-remembering and non-considering cannot be practiced. You must have self-observation first. You must be willing to look into your own self boldly, courageously, without judgment and without identifying. This is the work. And this is the way to walk in it. Now walk and don't grow weary in your walking, for we have powerful help awaiting our minimal efforts. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or a person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application, in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.